Up next on Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job. I want to tell you this, that whatever your stage in life is right now, whatever God has placed you right now, I want you to say, I embrace my place now, God. Maybe in my flesh I don't like it, but I'm going to do whatever God has called me to do, and I'm going to do it for His glory. Welcome to Moody Presents, featuring the teaching ministry of Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger, hoping you'll join us for a terrific new series here on Moody Presents. It's titled, God at Work, The Sacred Value of What You Do. You know, many people view work as just a means to get a paycheck. Perhaps for you, it's a daily struggle with an unpleasant exertion from the time you check in to the time you leave. It could be you are working in an oppressive environment with an overbearing boss. Well, it can all wear you down and cause you to question whether or not God is with you in your efforts at all. Well, hopefully, Pastor Mark can encourage you today with a perspective change as he explains how God views your work. Now, if you missed the first part of this message, no worries. You can stream it or download the podcast anytime at moodypresents.org. But for now, turn to Genesis chapter 2 in your Bible, if you can, as we hear part 2 of Rethinking Your Job, From Curse to Blessing. Let me pray with us first, and then we'll begin. Lord, you know the work situation of every listener with us right now, every single one of them. Would you meet us now where we are as we open your word and help us to apply it, to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Thank you for what you're about to teach us. Amen. Here now is Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. Some of you have the privilege of working at places where you utilize your talents and gifts. And the things that you like to do, you're actually doing. And you go to your job and you say, I love my job. Because all the things that I know how to do, I'm doing at my job. And you just say, man, it doesn't even feel like work. Because I go there and the very things I love to do, I'm doing. How many of you feel like that? that? Okay, Some of you do. It's a minority of you that feel that way, by the way. Most people, or a lot of people, feel like they go to work and they have a lot more to give than what they're doing at their job. And that a lot of the gifts and talents that they have, they're not really put into work at their job. But the truth is that our calling, whatever we do, our vocation, whatever we're working at, whatever you're doing, is a part of your calling that God has put you in that place And whether it's taking advantage of all your gifts or not, God has put you in that place. And while you're doing your job, you are doing it not for your boss, but you're doing it for God. And you're doing it with a God mentality, a God perspective. And you're saying, God, I'm offering this to you so that you would get the honor and the glory. Amen? That's a really half-hearted amen. All right, so you're not totally convinced of this. I'm going to convince you more. Number three, we wrongly think that work is unspiritual, but in reality, work is part of our ministry. So look at me. Those of you that are not convinced that your job is important and that you can do your job as an act of worship... 
Notice what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 24. Nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. Nothing's better for man that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw from the hand of God. It tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 through 12, by the way, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Well, that would make us work fast. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now, such persons we command and encourage in the Lord to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Paul is basically saying, hey, and some of the Thessalonians believers who he was talking to had gotten real spiritually minded and they thought Jesus was going to come back really soon. So some of them had quit their jobs and saying, why work? Man, Jesus is coming back soon. I'm just going to wait for his coming. I don't want to work. Jesus is coming back. I might as well not waste my time working. And Paul says, hold on a second. And some of them were arguing, well, I'm not going to waste my time working. I'm just going to do ministry stuff. Why should I work if Jesus is going to come back? I'm just going to throw myself into ministry stuff because Jesus is coming back. And Paul said, hold on a second. Jesus is coming, but you need to follow your call and you need to go to work. And if you decide not to go to work, then don't eat. Because everybody should earn their own living. Pay their own way. Work is a good thing. In Colossians chapter 3... And I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this passage. We're going to hit on it later in the series. I love what it says in Colossians chapter 3. Look at it, underline it, mark it in your Bible because it is very powerful. Colossians 3, the apostle says, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. Well, can I just talk to you about that for a second? All right, so your job, you get up in the morning, you have to go to that assembly line where you're working on something, your boss is a tyrant, the pay's not very good, your coworkers are gossipers. As soon as the supervisor's not around, everybody relaxes, hangs out, someone watches for him. As soon as he comes in, everybody back to work. You figure the company doesn't pay employees enough, the work environment is not good. Why should I give my best to a company that's pretty lousy? That makes sense? Why should I work hard for people that don't appreciate you, that underpay you, that's full of politics? And so you go to work and you fall into everybody else's system. I remember for a while I worked at, while I was in college, I worked at a can factory on an assembly line. And we were putting tops and bottoms on aluminum cans. And that was the scenario. We're working on the assembly line. I soon learned that there was a lookout when the supervisor wasn't there. Everybody kind of go in the bag, pull out a little cigarette, smoke a little bit, and they had a lookout. And then when the, when, the, when the boss was coming around, he would signal to everybody and everybody go back to the job and kind of act like they're working and so forth. And that was just kind of, and the mentality was, listen, 
You don't, don't kill yourself doing hard work because then if you do real hard work, they're going to expect you to do it every day. You don't want that. You want them to think that production's low because they don't really pay you well. Their attitude stinks. They're an ungrateful company. So don't give your best to a company that doesn't appreciate you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The mentality's out there. Paul challenges that mentality and he says, no, you're a believer. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. So here's the mindset I want you to have. You go to that factory and as long as you're there, when you go, you're not working for your boss. You say, I'm not? No. You're not even working for your paycheck. I'm not? No. You're working for God. You show up at that job and even when your boss is not working, you do it as good as you can because ultimately there is someone that is looking. His name is Jehovah. He is the God of the universe looking at the job that he has given you, inspecting what you're doing. You don't sit back and have a cigarette when it's job time because when it's break time, you break. And when it's work time, you work hard and you take on a different mentality and you have an attitude that's different. Why? Because in the morning on your way to work, you're saying, God, I'm offering this job to you. I'm going to do it with all my heart and I'm going to do it as unto you because it's not my boss that determines my paycheck. Ultimately, it's you that determines my paycheck. You are my sustainer. You are my financial security. I don't sell my soul to this job, but I don't lose lose my soul at this job either. I don't compromise and lie and cheat at this job if they expect me to. Hey, listen, secretaries, if you're here and your boss tells you to lie, you better let them know up front, I don't lie. You say he's my boss. He's your boss, not your God. Seriously, I, I want you to know something. Some of us sell our soul and believe that our boss owns us and some of you act like your boss owns you and some of the bosses act like they own you listen you need to make clear that you have an owner and a standard and a morality and that you're willing to do hard work but 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 you don't compromise your morality you don't lie you don't cheat and you don't sleep with anybody to climb up the ladder because you're a child of God a person of God full of the spirit and if they threaten to fire you, listen, let them fire you because they're not the one that determines your finance. God determines your finance. It changes your perspective about work because you'd go to work and if you're working for your boss, if you have a lousy boss, you'll be very miserable because you'll feel I do all this work and they never notice and they promote politically. And he's sleeping with that girl over there and he seems like she gets the raises and I'm doing my job, working hard, and you know what, I'm passed up. And if you go with that mentality, you become disgruntled, critical, negative, and won't do your best. But if you have a mentality that I'm working for God, and what I do, I do for God. And ultimately, God sees and God knows, and my reward is ultimately from God. I want to be a good worker, but ultimately, I'm doing this for God. I don't lose my soul. I don't lose my morality. And I don't lose my attitude to someone that doesn't recognize me. And even when they don't see, God sees. And even when they don't pay well, I know that I have a reward in heaven. And as I work hard, and if I need to switch jobs, and I look for a better job opportunity, but while I'm doing this job, 
No one should ever be able to say I was a lousy worker because ultimately God sees how I work. There's something very powerful and compelling about that. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 says, Whoever is faithful in what is the least is also faithful in the much. And he who is unjust which in what is the least is unjust also in the much. I love what Dr. Paul Stevens said about work. He said this, Our work enters into God's work, but God does work we cannot do, and God is working when we are not. This is Moody Presents, and we'll be right back with our message called Rethinking Your Job, From Curse to Blessing. Our teacher is Moody Bible Institute President Pastor Mark Job. Today, we're pondering a biblical perspective on right and wrong ways to view our work. And we hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Speaking of encouragement, we love to hear from listeners. You might recall last week, we asked you to tell us what your first job was. Now, we had some great responses, like this one from Debbie, who wrote, My first job was in Battle Mountain, Nevada. I was eight years old. My parents bought a recreational center. I mopped floors, prepped food, counted coins from our pinball machines, our pool tables, and our jukebox, and I took orders. And I cooked. So I've been working since I was eight years old. I could make change better than the college students my parents hired part-time. <laughs> hey, thanks for sharing, Debbie. God has certainly gifted you with the ability to work hard and to do what some really do struggle with, <laughs> making change. Here on Moody Presents, we're talking about the wrong and right ways to view your work, your job. Here's Pastor Mark with the conclusion of Rethinking Your Job, From Curse to Blessing. Fourthly and lastly, we wrongly think that we are happiest without work when in reality we are most fulfilled in our work. In the beginning, we see the pattern as I spoke to you before. The pattern of God. Here's God's pattern. I work, I enjoy, and I admire. Do you realize that in the first chapter of Genesis, in chapter 1, there are seven times in just one chapter where it says, and God saw it and it was good. What did he see that was good? His work. Seven times this worker God is working. He's working hard. He's being creative. And he's stopping and saying, hey, what I did was good. He's proud of his work. He's thrown himself into his work. His work represents who he is. He created us in his image. We are his workmanship. Created in the likeness of Christ Jesus, your work should represent you. If you're a person of integrity, your work should represent your integrity. If you're a person that really wants to honor God, your work should represent honoring God. The quality of your work, the creativity of work, the energy of your work should represent who you are. God's work represented Him. And when, because God is good, what He did was good too. So he would do his work and then he would step back and he would look at what he did and he would say, it is good. 
It is very good. In verse 31, it says, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. It was Desmond Tutu that said, when God created the earth, he did it completely without our help. But from the very moment that men and women were first arrived on the scene, God did something completely astounding. He chose never again to act in the world without a human partner. He waits and he watches and he asks for human partners through whom he will do marvelous things. That's an interesting observation. God created the world, but once he created man and woman, from then on, God has always elicited our involvement. That's why you pray. Have you ever thought about that? Why should I pray? Have you ever thought, why should I pray if God knows all things, knows the future, knows the past? Why should I pray? Anybody ever thought that? Come on. I've wrestled through that. God, if you already know, why do I need to pray? Then I realize I need to pray because that's part of how God works nowadays. I've thought sometimes, God, if you want to save the universe, why don't you just show up like in all your power, big face in the sky, say you have an hour to get saved, bow, repent. Those that are not, I'm going to annihilate. Those that are, you come into me, my kingdom. I mean, that would be sort of a quick way of sort of getting the gospel out there. But have you noticed that God doesn't do that? Why? Because God has chosen to work through our partnership. He doesn't do it himself. He puts his greatness in us, and he says, now you be my mouthpiece. Man, if I were God, I would do it different. Thank God he's God and I'm not. So he pours his goodness into broken vessels like you and I, and we slip up and fall and mess and swear sometimes and have our issues and are broken. And God says, I'm not going to speak from the skies with a megaphone voice to all the universe. I'm going to put my spirit in you and you're going to speak for me and you're going to go to your job and represent me and my gospel is going to spread through you. I'm going to pour treasures of heaven into earthen vessels because from now on, since God created mankind, I am going to work through my creation. I'm going to fill you, be in you, empower you, but my work is done through you. Isn't that an incredible place to be? We are God's workmanship and he works through us. Don't look to the heavens and say, oh God, there's a lot of violence in Chicago. Stop it. God says, I've poured my spirit in you. You help stop it. Don't look to the heavens and say, oh God, there's injustice in our city. What are you going to do about it? God says, I work through partners. You be my spokesperson. You rise up. You do something about it. You help the kids that don't have education. You help feed the poor. You help stop the violence because now you are my hands. You are my feet. You are my voice. You are what I work through. Let's not just ask God to do it. Let's be what God has called us to be. You know, God redeems our work by his presence. He invites us to work in him, with him, and for him. 
Dr. Paul Stevens, who's written a lot on this area of work, tells a story. He had been teaching at a theological seminary in Kenya, preparing people for ministry. And he had trained this exceptionally bright young Kenyan woman for ministry, and she thought that she was going to get a job at a church, get a job in ministry. But instead, she got a job in a boarding school as a dorm parent. It was a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week job with little recognition, overseeing several hundred children. And so when he saw this young woman, her name was Esther, he said to Esther, Esther, how do you like your job? He said her answer convicted him and deeply touched him. It wasn't the job she had hoped for. It wasn't the job she had dreamed for. It wasn't even the job she had prepared for. But she answered and said, I like it in Jesus. I like it in Jesus. What she was saying is, my flesh doesn't like it. But in Jesus, I like it because it's what he's put in my lap to do, and I'm going to do it with all my heart, with all my love, with all my conviction, because that's my call at this moment in life. Listen, I don't know what your job is right now. I don't know how well they pay you. I don't know how fulfilled you feel at your job right now. You may be a CFO of a company here, or you may be a mother watching over three little babies and you feel like I'm nonstop managing this household with just, I need adult conversation. I need to get out of my house. I have a degree and I'm watching little kids and changing dirty diapers. Listen. I want to tell you this, that whatever your stage in life is right now, whatever God has placed you right now, I want you to say, I embrace my place now, God. And in Jesus, and in Jesus, I will like it. Maybe in my flesh I don't like it, but I'm going to do whatever God has called me to do, and I'm going to do it for his glory. And if I'm if, I, if I'm at a, at a toll booth, uh, you know, collecting people's money who don't like to give money while they go back in their car, I'm going to do it with a smile, and I'm going to, in my head, pray for every customer that goes by. And so I'm going to pray for thousands a day and bless the Lord and give it to Jesus. And if I'm changing diapers at my house right now, and that's what I'm called to do, I'm going to change diapers in Jesus' name. Yeah. And if I'm on the construction site and guys are swearing up a storm and cussing and, 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 and talking about their dirty pornographic exploits from the weekend before, I'm going to go there and I'm going to love on these guys, but I'm going to do it in Jesus' name. I'm going to be Jesus to them. I'm going to offer my job to God. I'm going to do my job well, but I'm going to do it with the right kind of attitude. So wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, God has placed me at 
this place at this time. I'm going to work for him. I'm going to work with him. And I'm going to work in a way that represents the glory of God. Amen? Well, thank you, Pastor Mark, for this really great encouragement. The reminder that God actually partners with us to accomplish his work here on earth. That's amazing. And we hope that you'll hang on to the concept that our goal shouldn't be to stop working, but that true fulfillment in life can actually be found in our work. So be encouraged. Whether you're happy in your work or dread waking up on Monday morning, God has more in store for you ahead, I promise. Our series, God at Work, The Sacred Value of What You Do, continues next week when Pastor Mark's focus is turning your work into ministry. For now, I want to encourage you to head to our website. It's moodypresents.org, moodypresents.org. Once you're there, you'll find resources that are refreshed every month to help you take that next step in your faith walk with Jesus Christ. You'll also find past Moody Presents programs right there for you to listen to or maybe share with friends. You can also give a very helpful gift to this program by clicking the Donate Now button. Can't miss it. Hey, and by the way, did you know that by becoming a Moody Presents monthly partner at a $30 per month level or more, you're going to enjoy a 50% discount at Moody Publishers anytime you'd like, as often as you'd like. Find out more by clicking the Donate Now button. All of this at moodypresents.org. I'm John Geiger, and on behalf of Dr. Mark Job, I hope that you'll join us again next week for Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.